You're listening to The Real King with Joe and Heidi King. Hey, everyone. We knew we would get into some tough subject matter, and for that reason, we just want to add a quick disclaimer on this episode in case you wanted to listen at a time when you are not with a younger audience. Buckle up, folks, because today on this episode, we are going to get deep into the depths of freedom. real quick so you had all this baggage from being victimized as a child and you grew up in the church but you had put up all these walls and so you had heard the message and you shared your testimony but you hadn't shared it with Heidi and where did things go from there you heard it right along with the rest of the church yeah but you guys my were like a you were gun shy, right? My father-in-law had no idea. Mm-hmm. He knew I, I drank. Mean, yeah, I think everybody suspected no that you were good, a good time, so to speak. Yeah, but and uh, when I walked back to that aisle of that church, like he was sobbing, my sister-in-law was sobbing, everybody mm-hmm. in the row, like half of them hadn't been to church together in like years. Mm-hmm. And they're all there for whatever the event was. I don't even remember. Well, my parents lived in Kenosha at the time. They weren't yeah. even living around here. Yeah, it was. It was very like. How do you go to? How do you go get a bucket of KFC after that? You know, what that's, I mean? it's that's like, very much a Heidi's honestly, family thing, right there. I so there's blips of time that I can't fully remember. I don't remember what occurred after that. Mm, like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't remember having conversations with my family like after mm-hmm. that service. It was a quiet car ride. I don't remember mm-hmm. I don't really remember anything, honestly. But it 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 definitely um it cleared the air. Like at that point, it was it was go big or go home. Like you don't go through that and then Well, you were an alcoholic for how many years? Mm, I was 28 and I started drinking when I was 13. So 20 15 yeah, so, so 15 years. 15 to 16 years. Because mm-hmm. I, I actually, first first um, brushes with alcohol were much younger because my dad's father was not a saved man. Uh, he was a, a good time Charlie himself and, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, a man with uh, much experience in the world. Right. And How- he used to, when, when he would... He would actually, um, he would stay with us kids when my parents would go on the road and stuff like that. And uh, he was very open to, to giving us alcohol and right. cigarettes and, and letting us look at dirty magazines. Which is, you know. That's how they were raised. That was normal. Very on brand. Yeah. And really, dad had a similar experience yeah. growing up. Yeah. So. I think I was nine the first time I actually started drinking and figured out I most people taste alcohol and they go Ugh, you know or right. or they feel sick for me when when I experienced the first time like the flesh just engaged that's horrifying it it was very horrifying because it was like I was preconditioned for it yeah it's sick when you were 28 years old and got delivered what do you recall a year or a few months or six months when you actually started to realize 
I can't do this anymore. I need out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How long before you got the deliverance did your heart change? When you got pregnant with Max, um, I I started having thoughts like, I cannot. This isn't going to work when when the baby's born. So I never. And he was born in 08 and you got delivered in 09. So for one year. A year and a half. You had a heart change. I had panic attacks. But also a heart change where all of a sudden you realized, God help me. I can't do this anymore. But you kept drinking. But on the inside, your heart was crying out. My heart was crying out. I don't know if the language was like, God help me. Um, I I think maybe a little bit, but I was in a pretty dark place. I, I know for like that year, though, like... Um, I traded off when, when you have an experience like I had as a kid and then, you know, like some of my friends, if they hear this, they'll know, like we were into like, um, you know, really hard death metal or punk rock type atmospheres. Like I was a huge advocate for, for same sex marriage and stuff like that. And that's why I have such a heart for people that are, are in those situations because I know that. I have to love them more than they're capable of loving themselves to see them out of that so mm-hmm. that they can have freedom, you know, because I went through things like that. There was there was a time in like high school where I really didn't know what I was going to be as far as my sexuality or anything because... But that's it, residual it from it the abuse. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, when a trauma occurs at a mm-hmm. young age and that darkness enters, when that trauma hits and you lost the trust, and you lost the light, basically, and it all went dark, you wanted all the darkness as possible, and you want the darker the better. But in the in the darkness, too, that's where you found your community, right? Yeah. Your friends, and and that's where you started well, to we develop your own identity. We could advocate together against things, yeah. and we always had purpose, and the music had like a, like a, a very anti-structured, uh, you know, anarchist kind mm-hmm. of... So when um, that year your son was born and you decided that, you know, you can't do this anymore, how many months between the deliverance and the time that you were in the ER? Mm, that That was about that year. That was like nine months or something like that. Like I... Like around the holidays? So I... He got I got delivered in, in July. Mm-hmm. It was so it July 11th. He was born in February. It was July 11th because I just looked at the pictures of that July 4th, and I had like Cedric on my shoulders, mm-hmm. and I was not in good shape there. And like my my body was manifesting the internal breakdowns. Mm-hmm. Like yes. I had like lesions on my face. He looked, I looked like a meth. Do you head. remember that? Yes. He lo- I looked he like had, I was 40. He almost had like raw patches all over his face. Yeah. And couldn't get rid of them. No. Mm-hmm. And like, and his, it was cause my liver was, it was getting shot. sunk in on his cheeks. Yeah. In your eyes were sunk in. They were black. Mm-hmm. I was looking really old too. And like, yeah, it wasn't good. Anyways, he ended up in. That the, guy's dead. Dead, dead, dead. He Mm -hmm. was baptized underwater. He ended up in the emergency room because you were convinced that it was this was the time. Like your body was crazy heart palpitations. They couldn't get my heart chilled out. And so he went in. I I took him, even Mm -hmm. though we were not on a talking relationship. I'm not heartless. 
Right. So I brought him into the emergency room. Mm -hmm. And I've been into the emergency room a good amount of times. Like, Mm -hmm. I know the routine. I know their bedside manner. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't have the best, but it's never, like, out of this world, usually. Right. And this night, I've never experienced anything ever like it in my whole entire life, going to emergency rooms. They ran all the tests. They did all the things to make sure, like, you know, Mm -hmm. he wasn't dying. And the doctor, who was a woman, came back in. And what did she say to you? She was like, uh, we we have a full ER, um, people that need help. She goes, well, first she said, why are you here? And at that point, I was like, I'm going to get some help. I got to get help. And uh, so I was just honest with her. I was like, you know, I'm drinking this. And it was it was way more uh, than than the average person. Most people would die drinking that. Mm-hmm. What did you drink? It was like a one seven five a Jabave brandy every day and a, day. a half. And then I was kind of filling in the gaps. I, I so every other day I bought a thirty pack of Miller High Life and a one seven five a Jabave brandy or Kessler, and that would be gone by the second day. Yeah. And then we would have to go back and get more. It's insane. Yeah, it was It was literally on our grocery list. And she just hated that part of the shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the, so the emergency. So she, she came in and she's like, you've done irreversible damage to your liver. Um, she said, your enzymes are not good. You're, you're in a bad place. And she goes, you killed yourself. She goes, you're, you've, you've done this stuff to yourself. You want to die. You might as well go home and finish the job, but yeah. we, we don't have beds tonight. So I have your discharge papers coming and I'm letting you go because we have no beds and we have people that didn't put themselves here and, and you that did need help. Wow. And I got so angry. I was yeah. like, I'm going to go home and get a gun and shoot this yeah. lady because my best friend's dad was a gastroenterologist and he took an oath and they can't refuse service mm-hmm. to people. And yeah. And care. So I was like angry and I just went home and I got worse. I was going to say, so a lot of the times, most people will have their come to Jesus moment, they call it, mm-hmm. when mortality sets in. I thought if I'm going to die, I'm going to be incoherent. So this particular situation, he literally gets a, a, a deathbed diagnosis right. and literally says, go, a home death and, sentence, if you will. go home and get your affairs in order. And he goes home and his... Drinking got even worse, not thinking that that was even possible. Yeah, it was like mm-hmm. completely incoherent. For how many months? That Three? Was, no, that was, that was, that from the emergency room, that was like two, two weeks. Two weeks. It was two weeks from that, that. The deliverance occurred. I got up that Sunday morning because that Saturday night I had like a moment of clarity and realized she hadn't talked to me since we were in the ER two weeks earlier. So I got up and Defense she was mechanism. She was Absolutely, going to church. Yeah. So I got up and I walked out into the kitchen of our little house we had up there on mm-hmm. Mount Washington. And I I got into this little kitchen area and she goes, "Are you going to church?" And I'm like, "Yep." And she took the baby and she went to the car. And I turned around, and I opened the fridge. I took like six or eight cans of Miller High Life and I opened all the tops and I slammed them all. And I went out and I got in the driver's seat. And this is like 8.30, 9 o'clock in the yeah. morning. morning yeah. On a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Started driving to church, just berating her about what kind of a, like a church attending Christian doesn't talk to a dying man for two weeks. Like, yeah, you're a real Christian. 
mm-hmm. and berated her all the way to church, pulled in, um, pulled up to the door to let her and the baby out. And then the guy doing the ministry at the door, letting people in, is a cop that is a friend of the family's for years, and his dad owned a radio station. His dad owned the radio station that Heidi kept having dreams about. Yep. So all of a sudden I see this man working the door, and I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot walk in here smelling like booze in front of this stupid cop because then I'll go to jail. In fairness, at that point, you walked in everywhere smelling like booze, but that was one of those things. (laughs) That was the one moment. No glory to that devil, by the way. That's trash, and it almost destroyed my family. Mm -hmm. Um, It it was trying to plant seeds uh, in, in my children, and that thing is evil. And, and no all of one, that behavior is under the blood. Yeah, no one should yeah. should let that thing have a, a foothold in their life to become a stronghold. Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 feels fun to go out and have fun with your friends and and lose your inhibitions through a couple of drinks when you're younger. But when mortality sets in and you realize you're over forty, you may only have thirty to forty years left on this earth. That becomes a crutch. In our environment. In this area, it is far too often we're seeing people our age or younger, and you and I are four in the last two months. In the last two months, liver failure. So forty and under. One could argue it's not even all that fun, right? Right. If if it wasn't for my respect for their families, I would blast their names on here right now, Mm -hmm. so that everybody could look up their their obituary. Well, and most of them now they just put out a a celebration of life paragraph. Mm -hmm. Yeah which we don't honor people as they leave this world anymore. It's, it's just absolutely ungodly. To... So that Sunday morning, you walked in to the cop. Yeah. So I, no, I went and parked in the back corner of the parking lot. And uh, I, I... A place pranked... where you'd been before because that's where you got married. Yeah, been married. I actually had went a couple of times before, mm-hmm. like when we just had Max because we had him dedicated there. Mm-hmm. Um, I went a couple of times because they had gotten a new minister, a new pastor, because I didn't like the guy they had before. We didn't mm-hmm. like each other. The new guy, that was also kind of a part of this stuff, too, because the first time I heard him preach, he preached a sermon that I still remember called Stinging Stingers. And mm-hmm. he was talking about the barb on a on a bee stinger and how if that's left, it works its way further and further in. Mm-hmm. And those were actually the messages that my testimony starts at. Yeah. Mm. So he, he had been, yeah. yeah, he had been, uh, he had been there. So I, I didn't mind him. Um, yeah. So then I, I ended up coming, I, I sat in the parking lot and I listened to some metal and finally I was like, okay, it's like been like 25 minutes coast has got to be clear so i walked up to the building walked in they got this huge entry with a double set of doors i got just into the first set of doors and that same man the officer comes out of the bathroom he just ambushed me like a holy ghost ambush yeah. hey joe mm-hmm. he like pops up and he's like <laughs> Joe, how's it going? How's your mom and dad? How's Bob? And I'm like holding my breath in this doorway. Like if mm-hmm. I breathe, this crazy cop is going to call <laughs> the gonna cops. He's going to know. Yep. 
So when he gets done, I like walked in and went all the way around this big sanctuary in this big church. And I went in like kind of the back row. Mm -hmm. The pastor that had taken over the church got up and he, so he, he says, um, I, I had something prepared for today, but I think I'm going to ask this young couple to, to share their heart before they come in and they serve in the church. And the, the gentleman looked like he hadn't, um, you know, he hadn't prepared for anything, but he agreed and he got up and he shared some of his credentials where he'd graduated from Bible school and stuff like that. And then he started to share about how he got there. Um, and it was it was a, kind of a crazy story that had a lot to do with uh, a lot of loss and a lot of offense. And and even at one point, he he talked about he had tried to wash people's feet to to regain uh, you know his posture and and to have repentance with these people uh and he said a lot of them when you say regain posture what do you mean well he was the senior pastor and they were asking him to step down oh so he he had uh made some attempts or whatever sure and uh yeah he he had almost taken his own life. Mm-hmm. He, he was in a situation where he thought, you know, my family, my That'd kids hard position, grew though. up in this. Right. And if I have to uproot and leave and they had family that had moved to that town to be a part of that movement. Mm-hmm. So he ended up in a, in a terrible situation, um, said he had ended up in a situation where he was about to take his own life. And for the first time ever, he said he heard what he believed to be the audible voice of God. Um, as he was about to take his own life, the voice spoke something to the order of, um, you're an idolatry Mm. and, um, the idol is you and everything you've grown here has been to you and to glorify you. And you're about to do the most selfish thing you've done to date and take a life that doesn't belong to you. Wow. And at that point, he kind of like freaked out, um, put the pistol away and decided to go home. And as he was leaving, the voice spoke again and said something to the order of, you have to learn to serve before you ever touch leadership again. And he says, well, that's why I'm here. So if there's anything that needs to be done, a toilet needs to be unclogged, whatever, you know, I'm your guy. And I was like furious. (laughs) I was like, I was like, this guy is so full of, false humility and what a goofy weird you're gonna come in here and tell a dying man that you're gonna plunge toilets get out of here you know i was like super angry we went out got in the car uh heidi was like i did not follow that guy he was all over the place and i was like oh he's just a another false prophet and that was the day i I went home and man i just i was drinking like crazy i ended up leaving my wife and the baby and going to a local establishment I had frequented, um, closed the place out, uh, figured I had to have drank at least like 43 cans of Miller High Life or Uh, beer that day, mm -hmm. plus all kinds of hard liquor. I don't remember the drive home, but I know the car was pretty crooked in the driveway. And that was a night. I I I was in my living room and still drinking um all of a sudden like went sober (laughs) like were you awake 
Oh, or yeah. were you dreaming and like woke up? No, I was I was drinking. So you were literally sitting on a couch. Yeah, I was in the living room, drinking in a chair, drinking, just kind of. Was it like this acute awareness that swept over you? Like what? What? Like were you I knew doing? I was gonna die. Like that, all of a sudden, like the the effect of the alcohol wasn't what it had been. Hmm. And then my my grandfather, our grandfather, had had. Every once in a while, he'd pull this sermon out when I was growing up because he liked to like study, you know, deep in scripture. And then mm-hmm. he would he would you know study the the beliefs of like the rabbinical Jews, and uh, he he would always talk about Isaiah sixty one and uh, the the fact that when when he would preach about like the the signs and wonders and like raising the dead, he would talk about how um, the Jews believe that. Um, somebody being raised from the dead had to be within three days because of Isaiah 61. It says, uh, when the, when the gold, the silver thread is cut and the golden bowls are broken. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden <laughs> you go from completely inebriated to stone cold, sober, and super aware of everything that's going on. And all you can think about is that message. <laughs> from grandpa wood mm. and i'm panicking and like i mean full-on panic and i'm thinking this is it the silver threads being cut because i can't even feel my you know my extremities and it wasn't like the numbness of alcohol it was like a spirit leaving the body type of thing and it was really scary and all i could feel is like uh like a detachment or or like i've always felt alone you know like big group of people make them all laugh go home mm-hmm. felt like i didn't have any kind of um into intimacy it, or connection with anybody it was in like room. a lack of depth yeah depth. There, there was always yeah. like i was an entertainer i wasn't really right. i wasn't really close Court jester. you know everything yeah. everything had a benefit mm-hmm. you know what i mean like it, yeah. it was survival so like all of a sudden i'm panicking and i'm like and i knew like if i die like this is it and i'm alone like Mm-hmm. What I was experiencing in my my thought life and my spirit life was like I was seeing what I believed to be what my eternity would have been. There wasn't anybody there, so like all these awesome tough guys are like, oh, if I walk in the church, the church will burn down, or or when I get to hell, I'll be the toughest guy there. Or the real throw a party there. That's no. not what I felt. No. And if my experience is wrong, I don't know. But the other option is what the Bible says, and it says there's a place where the worm never dies, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Right. Uh, it's not a pottery gar- garden outside of Israel. It's not this this idea of this Gehenna or where they threw pottery. Mm-hmm. It's it's a real place. You know, the uh, Apostles' Creed talks about Jesus descending and ministering to the just or justified from the days of Noah, mm-hmm. you know, because that place is created and it's there and it's ever growing the borders for, for people that choose to go there. So in in having a moment of clarity, all the things that I, that I constantly said I didn't believe in were the only thing that I could cling to. Mm-hmm. So I went into like a panic and I started going through the TV and I, I thought I got to find like, TBN. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Daystar. Yeah. Yeah. I need yeah. like God yeah, TV. I don't even know if they had days. Yeah, they probably had Daystar then. I think all, if I remember correctly. Paul and Jan Crouch got to help me here. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think I I think I came across like Rodney Howard Brown. Yeah, buddy. That's and a like, good one. Yeah, and it yeah. was like, but it wasn't. I wasn't there. Mm. You know, that wasn't enough. It it wasn't like what that that couldn't bring me out of what I was in. Mm-hmm. You know, like you. The Bible says don't come put an altar, like a sacrifice on the altar until you go make things right with people. Mm, I think that kind of happened to me because like all I could think is call dad, call dad. And I had not talked to dad for like six months, really, because the last time I talked to him, he told me. Not any real conversation. No, No, literally, like wasn't talking to him. Wow. Because they got in a spat last time they mm, talked. Yeah, he like he had just witnessed. Uh, Stevie getting delivered from heroin mm-hmm. and getting free. So that's all he wanted to talk to me about was getting free. And I was like, I don't want your fairy tales. You and your, I'm like, if you throw enough energy and I get enough people with good energy around me and we, we put our energy at something, we can cause quote unquote yeah, miracles to happen to like trash, you know, yeah. new age garbage. Right. So all I could think is like, yeah, call dad. Well, you know him, he doesn't like, he doesn't answer his phone in the middle of the night. <laughs> You know, so I'm like, like, all right, I'll call him, but he won't answer. Mm -hmm. And this guy answered on the first ring, like, what's going on? Mm. I was like, I'm dying. And he was like, what do you mean you're dying? I said, I'm dying. Like, I can feel like I'm dying right now. He goes, you're not dying. He goes, are you drunk? And I said, that's the problem. Like, I can't feel alcohol. Like, I can't feel the effects. I know I'm dying. No, you're not dying. You're getting delivered. And then he started praying. Wow. I just got goosebumps. And like he, man, like I didn't cry. Like I never cried. Like I did trauma cleanup and I Leave did weird stuff. Leave it to dad to be like, no, you're not. You're getting delivered. <laughs> yeah. And I was like really. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've seen point, this before. I became like yeah. an absolute wreck. Right. So like all of a sudden like pride's there because I'm freaking out because if she she like barricaded herself in the bedroom with the mm-hmm. baby long before that she wasn't dealing with anything I was doing so now all of a sudden I'm on the phone to him he's praying over me I'm sobbing uncontrollably like I mean like a dam broke mm-hmm. and I'm just a mess right and I like even went outside in the middle of the night I'm like on a Nokia, in the creepiest neighborhood. I'm on a Nokia brick <laughs> yeah. block phone. cell phone, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like trying to get free and he's, he's praying over me. And then he's like, you got to go in the house. You got to, none of this stuff has value. You can't think about the money you spent on it. Just dump it all down the drain, down the toilet. Anything you can remember that you got stashed. I mean, I dumped out like so much alcohol that night. And when we moved, we were still finding bottles half full in the rafters in the basement. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, when man. When you woke up in the morning, were you like, did he drink all this? Or She woke up and I was like unresponsive. She just took the baby to, to the babysitter and went to work. Wow. Like I've never been. Because so, it was like status quo. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. After he dumped out all that stuff, what, what did your dad tell you to do? Get some sleep. Yep. And I never sleep. So he's like, so nonchalant. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "No, go to sleep." He's like, "That's that's right." Now rest up. I laid down on that sofa. And he, I think I slept for like twelve or fourteen hours. He couldn't sleep without drinking. I would so, wake up all night and drink a, like a can of beer or a shot. Yeah. So he lays down on the couch after his dad tells him to go to sleep. Zonks out. Like so hard for like wow. what fourteen hours. Yeah. Best sleep of your life. 
I don't remember. I, didn't, <laughs> oh, wow. I don't think I dreamed. I had any dreams. Yeah. But I did get up and I didn't. I felt like I was in a surreal painting, like I was in a box looking out at the world. Like things did. I felt detached from everything. But uh, yeah, so then I kind of bumbled through the day. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and then by the time Heidi came home, we, we still weren't talking or anything, though. You know, like. I think that's a perfect segue. Yeah. Into Heidi's yes. testimony, which I guess stay tuned, right? Absolutely. That's, that's what we're yeah. going to dig into next. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you for joining us today for this episode and inviting us to sow into your life. We pray that you were blessed by what we shared. We would be so honored if you would subscribe. That way you will be notified every time we post a new episode. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. You can find us by searching at The Real King Podcast. That's at T-H-E Real King Podcast. See you next time.